Hello and welcome along to the Family and Friends podcast. My name is Maxi. I'm one of the producers here at Family Creative and this is our new weekly podcast. Each week we plan to introduce you to some of the guys that we work with quite regularly and some people that we haven't even worked with at all yet. Our guest this week is Dominic O'Reardon. He's a director based in South London. We discussed some of his early music video concepts and how they went, his first big break, which was with Anne Summers, uh, and we also talk about work and travel, you know, keeping your energy levels up and in turn keeping your creativity healthy. I hope you enjoy this episode of Family and Friends with director Dominic O'Royden. Dom, welcome to the Family and Friends podcast, mate. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here. Nice one, mate. First time in our new edit suite, is it for you? Mate, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very swish. I'm liking it. I'm, I'm a big fan of plants, and you've got quite a few big, yes, mate. Architectural. You need the shrubbery. Yeah, and you, I can see you've got a few little practical lights. It's looking like a film set. I'm liking it. It's there good. you go, mate. Yeah, yeah. So these actual lamps are, I think, daylight, and nice. these are all tungsten. So these are Dimmable, the nice. I hope. Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> Excellent, mate. Um, what's been going on? What have you been up to, mate? Oh mate, um, yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, lockdown. I haven't mm-hmm. seen you boys in a little while. Obviously, yeah, lockdown sort of came into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been. I mean, to be honest with you, I was really lucky. So I shot a campaign for Suzuki, uh, some car stuff just before, uh, just literally the day before it got locked down. Wow. So we made only just made it, which was a godsend, really, because um, it meant I was in post for a few weeks at the start of lockdown. Um, Perfect. And yeah, so Were that, you doing so that it was remotely. Good. Uh, no, no, no. So I wasn't shot remotely. No, we literally shot. Um, yeah, like literally the day before that right. it, we all got locked down. So, and then he did all the post production. Oh, sorry, so going yes. on site or because we we had Lou Lou Jasmine on here the other week, and she was saying that she had to do a whole grade, and like. I don't know, sound mix and all this kind of stuff via Zoom, which I can't imagine being all that Yeah, fun. so, yeah, so, sorry. So, yeah, we did the first, we did the edit, we did the start of the edit um, in-house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, then a lot of it was remote. So the grade was remote and the sound sessions. Yeah. And then, yeah, luckily I do a lot of work for Visa. So um, they did a campaign called Save the High Street. So actually mm-hmm. that became even more pertinent with all the issues that were going on. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I started doing a few of those and a couple of them were completely remote, which was, really really fucking weird so you're, so what, you're like, just watching on a monitor yeah mate, well, it, it, it was cut, so like the weather was quite dreamy so i was sat outside i had my little sun umbrella up uh <laughs> i sat there with my laptop which is basically like a live view into the shoot um and i was kind of directing people and my girlfriend at one point made me a little cocktail uh probably shouldn't say that but yeah it was just <laughs> like it was it was just chilled and it was it obviously great. there was like we cut the shot down uh sorry the shot list down quite a bit so it was quite a relaxed shoot uh we were sort of, sort of being a bit more careful what we shot so yeah it was frustrating and you kind of want to just get in there and like do and be there but actually i was just really grateful to be working and and to use your brain again it was it was really tricky writing a treatment after like six weeks of just watching films and reading and sleeping was, yeah. was so honestly it was so hard but i could i had to like teach myself to write again it sounds really. really dramatic but i was just writing just nonsense and like normally i write a treatment i mean depending on the idea obviously but like I don't know three four hours in terms of copy and then just design and i mean it took me like two days to write the most simple uh, treatment just because i just couldn't get my so i've kind of noticed this as well i did a little uh, a video for my friends that run a, their own cbd company mm. uh, and they had a little pop-up on a market so i went down with the camera to a7s um shot some stuff i was a little bit rusty but yep. it was fine footage was looking nice and then i came to edit it and i was like i haven't edited anything in six months like 
what do I do? It's just so slow. It's, it's such so, a strange, it's like a numbness. It's yeah, weird, isn't it? It's so weird because I guess like, you know, doing what we do, it's, it's always quick turnaround. It's mm-hmm. always high pressure. You're always, I mean, touch wood, you know, you're always <laughs> kind of busy. So I think you're used to your mind ticking over at a certain rate. And then I had literally probably six weeks of nothing, which was in a way really nice because I just watched loads of films I've been meaning to watch, read a few books, chilled out, got a tan, which was cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Weather was pretty dreamy. So it was kind of nice to to do that sort of thing. But yeah, just order to put your to uh, put your brain back in gear really was a struggle. But mm-hmm. yeah, got there and back back busy now, so it's all good. But nice yeah, point. it's uh it's very strange. Very strange. Yeah. You, in your experience is the industry sort of bouncing back a bit now? Yeah, like what, I say, what are your friends saying? What's your network yeah, saying? I, th- I think that yeah, I think a lot of people seem to be getting back. I think a lot of a lot of shoots I've done have been like reduced crews and things like that. Um, and I think for me, kind of luckily, the a lot of the crew that I use, so I use Ben Spence DOP a lot, and he comes from a TV. Like he started out, he probably won't like me saying it, but he stuck because he's doing illustrious things, like Emmy nominated mm-hmm. at the moment. But um, yeah, he started out as a TV um, DOP, so like he's used to if he needs to grab, grab, you know, like, and so am I like starting yeah. documentaries and stuff. So we're used to kind of being small crews and doing mm-hmm. it. So it kind of feels like it's gone back to that a bit. Although recently last couple of shoots have been like full scale crews and, and it's been fine. But I guess, yeah, I guess kind of being adaptable in this climate is, uh, is key, I think. Yeah. Awesome, and, and not being too precious, you know, like pick up a light, move some things like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of would do anyway normally, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I think being being Adapting. able to work in in a small in a small scale environment and just adapt. Then I think mm-hmm. you know if this we go into another lockdown again and the restrictions carry on, then I think yeah the the, the people who can adapt will will thrive. Will survive. So here on Family and Friends, we kind of discuss our origins within the industry, uh, mm-hmm. and even before that, you know, like when you first started having a creative output and what made you decide to maybe pursue that, and at which time in your life did you decide to you know make that decision um so you know where are you from dom where did you where did you grow up where did you go to school what was your vibe growing up so i'm from southwest london i still live in southwest london uh-huh. i live in brixton um i guess for me it's a it's a weird one so actually um my dad was actually a director yeah um and he did a lot of commercials and stuff like that but growing up as a as a kid i was quite a rebellious kid in trouble quite a lot (laughs) it might never obviously like most kids never really doing what your kind of parents said so i think yeah yeah i never really wanted to be a director as a kid i I mean i I doubt very very people few few people do i was your parents kind of pushing you in that direction not at all all. no 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 no, not at all so my mum was a graphic designer my dad was a director um i wanted to be a footballer for arsenal um, <laughs> nice. so i was like yeah all about the football and if i wasn't going to make it a football i was going to be a, a coach or something like that um so then yeah then basically finished school went to college i did media and um, sort of film because i always love film mm-hmm. um and then i did i think i did uh english language because i was like writing and then i did sports science because i thought well i'm probably gonna be a coach but i like writing and stuff anyway so um yeah, it was it was a weird one for me. Then literally, for, uh, we made our first film at, um, at college, and literally as soon as I kind of picked up the camera uh, and soon got into that, all of a sudden something clicked in my head. Mm-hmm. I think my dad had just been really carefully 
sort of like kind of, sort of subliminally very yeah, yeah. very if he'd been like oh, i think you should be a director i'd have said absolutely not it's time to fuck off but <laughs> our kind of thing was like we'd always watch films together i, I know and he, i'd sort of comment on something said oh that's the grade or that's this or they've used the same kind of thing so well, that was our thing as a sort of growing up that we'd always watch kind films analyze together. it like like we yeah, do now for yeah, videos. yeah yeah more sure. yeah more on, but not much so on a technical thing more on just like a i love that and he'd be like oh this character and what you think of it you know so he kind of like yeah yeah, yeah we, we he did it in a fun way mm. and that was always our thing so i think i always came from a knowledgeable film a knowledgeable film background and i enjoyed film and appreciated film i think all of a sudden like i say something clicked in my head when i made my first film which was uh was really bad i think <laughs> in fact i think the first thing we ever did we decided what a standard we wanted to make a horror so we just drove around and my mates like souped up 306 filming the moon for like an hour and a half <laughs> and just thinking that somehow that so was a story, yeah, sort of the, the, yeah, the, exactly. And then we realised that, that was we need to do something going to be different. And then I think you, you I think Lockstock would just come out. So I think, um, yeah, and then we basically, um, yeah, made like a Lockstock type trailer. Cool. And loads of my friends had fights in it, and it was it was fun. But yeah, that was my love of uh, films with uh, being a director. Started. So where did you make? Where did you make that? That was at college. That school? was at, yeah, Isha College. So that's just nice sort of man. the outskirts, uh, London, sort of Surrey way. And then, yeah, then I went to Southampton um, Uni and did film. Okay. Um, Another but, Southampton lad. Yeah. We've had quite yeah. a few through, through here, mate. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, well, David and Andy are from there as well. Oh, oh yeah, of course. No, I know that. Yeah, we reckon we might have been some like drum bass. Uh, Probably, yeah. Bass or something and, together. Uh, one of our previous guests, Dines, as well. He went oh, there. Really? He used to design all the, all the flyers for the clubs and stuff. That's there we go. One of his so, first design jobs, yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. So basically, yeah, growing up, loads of my mates were drum bass MCs, DJs. Um, nice. And some kind of UK hip hop stuff as well. So then I just started making, um, yeah, like videos for them, basically, again pretty bad um mm -hmm. well i don't know yeah, pretty pretty bad but like it was all, all good experience just shooting and and for me i was still playing football and still like probably at i don't know 18 19 i still thought i was gonna somehow mm -hmm. make it or something okay. um but yeah so you i still was, weren't thinking director at oh, i don't know 100 i was all about directing okay. but i still sort of thought in my head i was like oh, i'll be a pro but i'll also like direct like jay-z's music <laughs> videos because he'll come and watch arsenal play. sort of hybrid between david beckham and guy Ritchie. Y yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Although with an Arsenal tinge, um, <laughs> cool. but yeah, so no, that that was that was that really wicked, man. Nice one. Yeah. So you went to uni in Southampton. Um, what did you study there? Uh, film. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did you find that, mate? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, mate, like, well, hopefully no one, no one from the uni will hear this. Uh, like, yeah, it wasn't the most amazing course in terms of technical depth, but I think what it did was there's quite a lot of theory, isn't there? There was so a lot. Like there was the a lot of theory. Of yeah, there was a lot here, a lot of history of film, um, and the course was okay, but it was there wasn't a huge amount of practical. No. And I think at that point, after like say six months of the course, I don't know, I was having a brilliant time, like making loads of friends, of like you know, getting hammered every night. It was, yeah. In terms of like life experience, it's brilliant. Yeah. But I think at that point, all of a sudden, I was a bit frustrated because I just thought. I know so I want to get your hands on something. I want to be out something. shooting. Yeah, I want to be on sets every day. I want to be learning. And mm. um, and then, yeah, funny enough, um, so my sort of summers from uni um, and whenever I could, I was getting like work experience as a runner. Um, and yeah, then I went on a shoot with my dad's. Um, I think it was, I think it was like a Rolex commercial or something that he oh, was yeah? doing. Uh, he used to do like, like Rolex stuff. Nice and um, turned up on the shoot. And afterwards, I was like, fucking hell, Dad. Everyone's so lovely. Definitely work in the film industry because everyone's so nice. And he was like, well, obviously, you're, like, you're the director's son. Really <laughs> so, but, uh, but I think in a way, it, that was really good for me because at that point, I was like, right, 
I never went on any of his shoots anymore. I didn't use any of his contacts. I didn't kind of use anything. Not that you can really, um, but like I, I didn't sort of, I very much went on a different career path to my dad. You didn't want to be in his sort of shadow and, well, yeah, and have and that also, kind of nepotist like thing yeah, that, no, no, yes, that, people are going to treat you differently because yeah. they know your dad. Yeah, exactly. But to yeah. be honest with you, that, that didn't happen. And he'd no. sort of retired by the time I properly got directing. Okay. And also, um, he's, he's Northern and he tells this story, like he moved down, went to art school in Kingston he was so poor he lived in a garden shed for a year because he couldn't afford rent no like, way. so literally that's his story of like oh, you know i used Whoa. to get cold for christmas lived in a shed for a year so i'm like well i'm not gonna yeah you know, i wanted to make up my own basically and not obviously use any of his sort of things so you kind of like talk to that from him a little bit that, that yeah, work yeah, ethic he wanted to yeah, have yeah. i think that's like, the irish that's make the it irish hard for thing. yourself yeah. because at the end of the day that's what's going to teach you the most yeah definitely you just don't want to like host in like yeah you want to yeah definitely but I, I, to be honest with you i don't really think there's you know, I think it maybe if you were, I don't know, like in a certain, maybe like a camera department where like, I don't know, your dad was a DOP, therefore you got onto all the, you got to be an AC really quickly. Oh, like I, think, and, I think directing yeah, is very yeah. different. Like you're taking on your individual talent and you've got to do a good job. So well, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, even if your dad was really Scott, if you did a couple of mm. shit jobs as a commercial, there's going to be like, well, this guy's rubbish. Exactly. So, but yeah, anyway. Your work speaks for itself. End of the day. Hopefully, yeah. Or not. <laughs> 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 Who knows, mate? Nice I haven't been found out yet. <laughs> so, that's all good. Cool. Um, so you finished university. Did you stay for the whole three years? Yeah, stay for the whole three years. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what What was next? What did you do? Uh, mate, I, I was so scared about uh, not getting a job. I just went straight into running. So like, I was a runner for yeah a few years. Worked on loads of different things, which is really cool. Saw lots of big productions. I think the best was like I was like a runner on spooks and I was like a terrorist. Oh, no way. Yeah, mate, I was like a terrorist Wicked. running through. Uh, suddenly a piece so I could be like telling them what to, you know, like where to run and whatever. But yeah, I was, a, yeah. I, saw, you know, I was third AD on that actually. And they were like a terrorist running through like an embassy and people with shotguns. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is unreal. Like this is so what I want to be doing. Seeing that sort of level of production yeah, yeah, yeah. was really cool. Um, and also kind of, yeah, I mean, I look back at those days and I know a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, I hate the bidding wrong, but actually, I really enjoyed it. It's quite fun. Yeah, like, you there could There are some shit bits, obviously. Yeah, of course. And it depends if you work with nice people, but like, you know, you, at that point, like, you just finished uni, you were still going out all the time. I was out four oh, times it. a week. You could turn up, function, have a good day at work and earn some money, meet some great people and be, in, be, be part of something which was, you know, like these big film sets and things. And I did a few films and things. So, I think yeah, like being young as a runner is so much fun as well because yeah. everyone's got kind of things they're trying to do. Hmm. And if you pick the right people to get yourself involved with, you can actually collaborate with, you know, some really uh, talented people and 100%. you'll learn so much. And it's quite, it's, it's a fun place to be because you can just say yes to everything. Mate, definitely. And so many of the people that I met as, as runners, like I'm friends with today and they're like, they produce for me or there are other directors that you know have got me jobs or whoever mm -hmm. like there's so many people, people that i came up with yeah, you know yeah. we've sort of all stayed in touch so i think it's yeah i think it's an essential thing and i think you know there's a very lucky well i don't i say lucky i mean you know for me like directing very much is hopefully you know it's a it's a marathon not a sprint mm -hmm. and i think some people um you can okay put this way when i was in ad you could tell there's some people who hadn't really been on set much and so they won an award of something and then all of a sudden they got a big break and started directing big things mm -hmm. um there's definitely a difference i think in the etiquette on set and the skills and how much you know how to get out the day um compared to someone who say came up through the route of being a runner being an ad camera department understanding art department, it, everything understanding it yeah and just like you know i, I work with a few directors who would just like scream and shout these things that would never be possible and no. just not understanding anything of logistics and that's not their fault because they haven't 
been on the set, but I think it's it's a it's, disadvantage. Yeah, and it kind of makes them look a, yeah, a little I, bit foolish sometimes. Yeah, because you're so, like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think in the long run, I think you know, although it'd be nicer, you know, everyone wants to be directing when they're like you know 21 or something. Mm-hmm. In the long run, to be running for a few years and working your way up, I think it's a really clever thing. As long as you're not, I mean, don't worry. I did some, I did one shoot where. Um, I was literally like, she was shooting in a nuclear bunker, and I had three different radios for each level of the nuclear bunker. All I was doing, it was, with, it was quite, it was with Tom Hardy, and it was with uh, Charlie, uh, what's his name, Charlie somebody. He was in Starlight. Anyway, really nice guys. So it was cool. I got to meet them and work with them. Yeah, but I was yeah. literally just in a nuclear bunker for three weeks. I didn't see anything. Just literally locking off doors, and I had three different radios to communicate to the different levels, what? getting shouted at because the, the, the radios weren't working. So that was pretty shit. But. But it was still cool to meet sort of people. Yeah, amazing. So, what was your kind of um, your path from starting out running? Um, mm-hmm. To uh, you said just now you were third AD on Spoon. Yeah, so, so yeah, you so went I up through that rank. So. AD. I mean, but the the thing that I always did was I always shot music videos. Like I've always been shooting music videos for mates. So I think that kind of I think if you're um, I don't want to say just running, but if you're if you're a runner and you're not doing anything other than running, which to be honest, if you're working five days a week, why should you? You fair know, enough. it's long hours, that's yeah, completely yeah. fair enough. But I, I sort of always thought that I want to be known as, um, you know, it the industry as, as a nice runner, good runner, but oh, he directs, he's yeah, shooting yeah. something. This is what he wants he's to do. He's got a video, Every, yeah. So, so, so you're always thought of as a director and you're not doing it in a way of like, oh, by the way, I'm not making you a fucking cup of tea because I'm a director. <laughs> yeah, of course. Not in that way, but you're like super enthusiastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. loving being part of it. And oh, by the way, you direct. Then, then I think if you have that attitude, or I hope I did, then I think you get lots of people that want to help you. So, you know, people would lend me cameras. Um, I, you know, producers would lend me insurance for shoots if I was doing a little something. But this is just a byproduct of just being a nice person. 100%. And being yeah. proactive and positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you, you can't annoy someone if you're if you're being just nice about things. But I no. think I had a shoot the other day, Jesus, this runner. Um, and I pride myself on, because I was a runner for a while, and I was like, I would never have dicks on my set. I'd never, yeah. I'd always be, you know, nice. And obviously the times when, you know, you've got to like crack the whip or whatever. Um, but yeah, this runner just didn't say hello to me all day. And I, I actually tried to engage him at lunch, a conversation. He just sort of was like, yeah. Just kind of walked off and just was super. Did you not know that you were directing? Or? <laughs> no, he knew I was directing, and it's, <laughs> and it's not like it's not like um, I wanted to be like. By the way, do you know fuck it, who I am? But I was like, wow, you've got such a bad attitude. Like, if you don't want to be here, don't you don't have to be here? But like, just engage and chat. And I, I kind of, yeah. I think on my shoots, I always who, try and who put them forward, like oh, uh, producer, but oh, okay. yeah, say who. Um, yeah, but it was just like anyway, bad attitude, and mm. I just think that yeah, like the whole reason. I think if you're just. Um, wrong you can earn great money in this industry you really you really can but if you're in this industry for the money then personally i think there's easier industries to make more money um, oh, i think so Easy. you've got to be in yeah. it for the love right you um, do yeah like a massive part of it is yeah the love. yeah and so like you know someone might go oh like you know i earn this and you earn this but you go yeah but i i did this and i did that and yeah, I'm, yeah. No, I'm not saying we don't get money because we do but i'm just saying you know like i think you've got to be in it for the love it's that type of vibe so i think yeah, like I always been taught, like surround yourself with enthusiastic people. And whether you're shooting some like the, the most exciting brief you've had, or something that is like the worst brief you've had, or something you're really not interested in, if you treat it the same, mm-hmm. then you you won't have a bad day. So coming off the back of all that, um, what do you think your biggest opportunity was, kind of as a director? When did you first feel you know comfortable in that sort of skin of being on set and you know being surrounded by people? Well, I would say, um, to be honest with you, so 
I, I was quite lucky. I started directing quite young, and I was sort of doing my own thing quite early on. So, what was? But what I'd say probably the biggest sort of opportunity and the biggest kind of like uh, probably not turning point, but sort of le- lesson I had in my directing career was, I, I worked in 2016. I did all the content for the. Um, Paralympics, the Channel Four campaign. Yeah. So I did all the content. And Dougal Wilson was directing uh, the main ad, and like so coming through this documentary background and stuff like that. And I kind of always thought I was like shit. Like in the edit, I'm always like, oh, I wish I'd done this, or I wish I'd done that, or oh, I should have got this sort of shot, or you know, I I kind of always thought in um you know in the edit, I always had things I was missing in the edit, basically. And my kind of thought process works. I'm an editor as well, so kind of it works quite like an edit. And then basically Dougal does, he's quite famous for it, he calls it a crap-o-matic, but it's actually an animatic, where before every job, he will cut, throw shots of like the art director jumping up and down on, on the recce. He'll cut everything together in a really like lo-fi way yeah. and time everything out. And it's like, he'll find stock footage and throw it all in. I don't quite go to that level just because, I mean, he has huge budgets, so he can spend 12 weeks planning it and finding stock footage. But I'll film things on my phone, I'll, on recce's, I'll shoot, I'll shoot stuff. And actually, that way of working, to me, just it just completely made sense. But I, no one had ever really told me that, that, that you can do that mm-hmm. or that people do do that. I guess yeah. I almost thought like... Don't be wrong. Like I, I do see the big picture, but I thought like you just have to know what you want in your board. So just going down with a basic, yeah, and camera just by drawing and, on storyboards yeah. and writing a shot list, and then that sh- you should know. And actually, for me, the the sort of the safety net of an animatic of going through and going, well, this, this, and this, and I've timed it out. I put some rough shots in. This is the edit, um, and having that sort of safety net for me now is like is gold because the amount of times when sometimes, especially in like a music video or something, where shit something's gone wrong. Uh, you, you, you've got to change what you're doing and then but knowing what you need and what you don't need and yeah. also you know I guess probably when I first started out I used to do probably shoot too, too many shots too many options because I'd be like oh this this and this I'll see what works in the edit and it's all and then everyone buys it you're like oh mm-hmm. we're going to shoot this and this we'll see what works well if you kind of know what works and, yeah, you've, yeah, and you've tested it um, then you'll be quicker with your time not to say that you know I would never want to be governed by an animatic because the whole part of filmmaking is obviously you know, unless you're shooting rehearsals, is seeing what the actors do, is seeing what the talent does, and obviously rolling with it. But I think having a, um, uh, yeah, for me, having like almost like a safety net of an animatic to go, this, I need this, this, and this to make it work, to tell the story done. That's then that's solid in my head, and then and then all the all the other stuff can come into it. So yeah, working with Dougal and seeing how he worked and his meticulous approach was a real, uh, yeah, it was an eye opener because I, I didn't realize anyone did that. Yeah, how important do you think it is to sort of surround your people, surround yourself with guys like that who you can well, just like you know learn so much from? Well, that's the thing. So when I was ading and running, I was working with loads of great directors, but I wasn't fully directing at that point, so I didn't quite understand the process. I mean, I you know you make a shot list, you make a storyboard, you go and shoot, you edit. Yeah. It. Of course, I knew the process, but in terms of really appreciating how things are put together, mm. so then it was really brilliant that after I've been directing for a few years to then go and like observe like you know someone who's the master of that in my opinion you know one of the best directors out there in terms of commercials um you know he smashes it uh and see and his see his approach and i think you know uh maybe um yeah maybe i'd say i i I approach directing in a similar way to him not saying i'm same director but like in like a similar way a similar process i observed and yeah it was it was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're like, "Fuck's sake, am I going to make another animatic?" It's a few extra hours of prep. <laughs> but do you know what? It's it, for me. It's touch wood. Yeah, it's tried and tested, tested. Not not obviously for absolutely everything, but the majority of things, I think, is just useful. Even like I say, even if it's just putting titles in of wide shot does this, and just roughly seeing, just so you can pace things out in your head. I mm-hmm. think it's 
It's really good. Not to have that as a reference on set. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. So our next section is your biggest clangor. Mm. So when if things are sort of slipped out of your control, um, you know, you may not have necessarily been, you know, directing or anything like that. You, you could have just been on set as, as a runner or AD or, or anything. Um, so, but when have things gone really south? So probably one that I referenced quite a lot in my head of things that ever are going a bit out of control and not quite how I want was, um, yeah, it was a music video I did when I was probably about, I don't know, like 18, 19 or something. Um, and it was a mate of mine, a couple of mates of mine, they're rappers and they were sort of friends of friends. Mm-hmm. And I blagged this, uh, old, like, um, uh, this old hospital and we made it like a sort of, uh, an asylum and had all these rappers loads. I like, blagged it. All my friends were cast and stuff. And we, you know, people we'd met on nights out would be turning off being cast. We had a cast of about, I don't know, 40 people, which at that point it was just me running around with the camera was a, a really big thing. And in my head, I was like, this is going to be the, you know, after this, Jay-Z is going to call me and be like, right, you're going to, you know, you're going to smash it. This is going to be an unreal film. It's going to be on Channel U, which was big back then. <laughs> yeah, that's right, um, Channel yeah, U, and yeah, you, you text in. Yeah, that's it. It's like, you, you, this is going to be on Channel U, you're going to be discovered. Oh, so I built, I really built this up as my big, my big break. And, you know, again, coming from back when I just sort of running around, did everything. It was just me shooting DOP. Another mate of mine came down just to help. And it was just the worst experience because they were just like blazing, getting fucked all the time. No one was really listening. I was like running around, moving the lights. So you were directing? Everything. Yeah, I was directing it, yeah. But I was just like Did running around. Did you have around. an AD? No, no, no. Oh, so it was just, but this, no thing. chance. This was mate. just like me and a mate and then loads of other mates and everyone was just blazing. I've, and I've, yeah, I've been on a couple, uh, yeah. we did some videos for Scraps. Mm. Um, it's like quite big in like grime, trap, whatever. And it's just, fucking smoking weed yeah. constantly man you're like okay guys we're gonna go for one more shot it's like yeah man I'm just gonna go bill a zoo yeah <laughs> and just fuck off for half an hour exactly and this was the thing and it was all like because I think <coughs> we made it for like I don't know like 200 quid or something so they were like wow. so I said to them like lads like if we need to like move things around dress stuff like you'll help yeah of course bro of course didn't so I remember there was one point where like um, we had like an hour left of the shoot and we'd shot only shot like now I remember it was like two hours after the shoot and we'd only shot like half the video oh. and I literally like I'm not ashamed to say it. I, mean, I went to the toilets and I just sat there. And I actually, I think I actually started crying. I was yeah. just like, it's like fucking hell that like, this is a joke. It's awful. So at like, that point, there's like not really much you can do. Yeah. Like, and also it was like embarrassment because like, I've got loads of my friends to be involved. Like, um, and they're there, I, like, I borrowed cameras. happening here? Yeah. yeah the location as well. Coming yeah. Out, yeah. So like it, was, it was being closed down. So it was like all these things. And like I borrowed cameras off people from work. It sounds like, like the perfect storm before. And then it's just kind of yeah yeah, yeah. So, so so basically yeah I thought I'd let everyone down and it'd be awful and then it would be an embarrassment and then no one would ever lend me an equipment ever again wow. um, and, and anyway I sort of pulled it together we shot it it was okay it wasn't you know it wasn't brilliant but mm. we sort of got through it but I do kind of reference that every now and then when if ever things are going wrong yeah. and you know when you're sort of like right I'm just going to go outside for a second just chill composure and I do actually think back to that a lot and I'm like look at least I'm not there so yeah. it's better I've got crew I've got other people so what did you better. learn from that experience uh, I definitely learned to to delegate more and to get mm. more people involved and if you're yeah. managing a lot of people on location yeah 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 like talent yeah exactly yeah oh yeah I mean there's a there's a whole reason why there's a film crew you know at, mm. that, at that point I didn't really realise and I was also just trying to kind of Do I'd done yourself. other little things on my yeah, own and yeah. I thought it would be alright but um, no it was good but I think again you know if you work hard like you know kind of works but mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was a tough one. But yeah, it was all right. Actually, sorry. Do you know what? Sorry, I just realised I just talked for loads on that. But I've actually got a better story about yeah. a music video. 
Okay. It might just be a bit of a shorter one because I realise I just wrapped it. That's fine, mate. Um, if, if, if. There. So, all right, so just one other um, thing that went wrong was I was shooting this music video. Um, probably shouldn't say who for because actually this is a bit of a controversial story about what happened. Okay. But um, shooting this music video, um, obviously, as you do, like music videos never a huge budget. Yeah. Picked, picked, picked a few models. It wasn't a huge budget, so we were kind of like picking from books and not being able to do castings but it was small budget so we're like fine she looks great and there was I had this scene with this model where she was meant to be on this sort of shows long and she was the sort of like the beauty element of it um anyway so she turned up an hour late which you know from yeah, some models it's never a good start but no. to be expected and then she turned up and she looked completely different, <laughs> How different and like i like like insanely are we, are we like different instagram filters are we talking no, uh, no not so much that but she just looked like she'd been out for like a month like, oh like she was in really bad shape been on road yeah oh, yeah she'd been, on the, <laughs> she'd been she'd been on the road for like a month um hadn't been to bed uh eyes like oh. sunk in the back of her head like she looked really gone and it was no. just but the thing was was that because she was really late didn't have a chance to get anyone else and she was meant to be the beauty part of it so we were sat there like, fuck, like, what to do? The artist is like pulling his hair out thinking, fuck, what are we going to do? Um, and so then I was just like, well, like, right, the only thing we can do is we still need to shoot a, another vignette to put into this. So he just chucked her in this, uh, it was kind of like a, uh, a sort of uh, slightly kind of sort of uh, latexy vibe sort of video shoot. Okay. So we just stuck her in this sort of like latex stuff. Um, yeah. And then we just completely backlit her, put her in silhouette and got her to kind of dance around. And because she was kind of really hammered, um, she was ju- in like 100 frames. She she's was kind of, she was basically just, no, she was basically trying to just stand up. But it looks like she's doing these kind of like sensual moves. So, <laughs> so actually, in 100 looked, frames. Yeah, in 100 frames. So actually, it looked, it looked really good. It had this she like. She actually just trying to stand yeah, up. Yeah, she was actually just trying to like stay oh still, but God. she was sort of swaying and like at 100 frames, backlit, like oh. all as a silhouette. It looked pretty sick. So that was a moment where it was going to go really wrong, but we sort of, yeah. Uh, we kind of like, yeah, improvised and it looked kind of cool and no one would really know, but uh, yeah, these things happen. <laughs> so what site did you find them on? Or is it through an agency? Or? Uh, yeah, it was through an agency. Did yeah, you yeah. not call the agency? Just oh like, yeah, the we're, yeah, weren't mad at them, yeah. But like, yeah. Walk, we, you well, know, there's it, nothing you could do no, then, but no, I mean. No, no, no yeah, we weren't mad at them um, and yeah, but we didn't really get much back from it. You know, from them, yeah. it was just like, well, she's, yeah, no, we didn't get any, we didn't get any love with having a go at them. But you know, it was a low budget thing, so I mean, but and still, it worked out in the end. Well, well yeah, you adapted you know, and made it work. Like. Yeah, yeah, it worked out in the end. But, mm. but it's still a yeah, I still laugh when I think of that because she literally <laughs> she was like like a female model Jack Sparrow, like when he's really hammered, just sort of like rah, 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 looking rah. for the rum. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just missing a little parrot, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about some of your recent work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did that travel series for O2 in Japan. Yeah. Talk to me about that, mate. Like, well, how was that? How long were you there for? Yeah, so that was cool. That was, in fact, we shot that almost a year ago mm-hmm. uh, to the day. And for actually. people who haven't seen it, maybe just quickly describe the, the project itself. Right, what so, was the brief? So it was, it was for O2. It was to basically sort of get a bit of a broader appeal into rugby. The World Cup was in Japan at that point. Um, and yeah, basically the, the premise was that um, the Bushido values of a samurai there's seven of them, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. uh, are quite similar to kind of rugby training. So, you know, obviously discipline and respect and the rest of it, it's all quite di- similar. So Hugo Monnier was the front man. And then we got Jamie Lang 
um, who was this sort of sidekick. So we shot the pilot. We're out there for a week. Uh, we did a little pilot and we met Eddie um, Eddie Jones, who was an absolute legend. Went for drinks with him the night before we shot. Nice. And he was, uh, yeah, I was warned he'd be like quite like ferocious and like very on it. And boisterous. Yeah, but he was he was an absolute gentleman. Like me and Hugo met him, met him for drinks. And nice. yeah, he was like chatting away and cool. really friendly. And yeah, he was, he was hilarious on set as well. He really took a shine to, um, not in a... Uh, stranger he took a shine to uh the the b camera operator who's carlos really? he's going carlos <laughs> fucking carlos you're okay mate <laughs> carlos, carlos is out holding the camera like yeah yeah i'm fine he's like okay well as long as carlos is all right mate <laughs> um and he was but yeah gentleman very funny um nice. and then yeah then then uh the second part of it went back and we were there for three weeks um so we we're sort of traveling up and down japan which was again for me like you know Japan was always on my bucket list. I've always, always really wanted to go there, been desperate to shoot there. Now, that was a great job, really good experience. I, I self-shot it. It was like recce, uh, so, yeah, recce. So we would travel, recce, shoot, travel, recce, shoot. So we were shooting every long, three days. How long was that your kind of day to day? So the second part of it was three weeks solid. Ooh. So yeah, that was a lot. And you're shooting with yourself, directing with yourself. Yeah. The, the brief was for a self-shooting director and I do self-shoot. I, I love self-shooting. Uh, I also love obviously jam with DOP. But for like fashion-y stuff where you're working more as a photographer, then sometimes I like to just get in there and mm-hmm. find moments and, you know, not have to have go through. Although you're working with a great DOP, it's like an extension of yourself anyway. But like sometimes Sometimes I do like to just get on camera and just sort of get in there. So, yeah, but it was obviously the opportunity to go to Japan and it was a commercial. So financially, it was great as well. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just go and shoot it. It's all good. Um, But yeah, definitely like what I thought the series was, was more going to be kind of pretty shots of them doing stuff and mm-hmm. then in separate interview bits to of VO to go over it but it ended up being a lot of chats so yeah. there was there was one where we're shooting with this sumo in a stables and it was like a 45 minute chat and I'm holding an Alexa with like my you know, big Alexa with all the like stuff and I'm also trying to listen to what he's saying yeah. move around get different shots and also direct the two talent and also build a rapport with this huge big Yakuzuna sumo guy who you're a Yakuzuna when you're all the best basically okay. and he was yeah it's absolute legend but that was a lot. But at the same time, that was the brief. It was cool. Loved every minute of it. But afterwards, yeah, I was definitely like, well, me and the producer were like ill for like a week when we got home. But also because you're in these amazing places and, you know, you're going you're going out, you're drinking, you're going to amazing restaurants. Like, well, this is it. Like, usually the thought of working three, day, three weeks every day mm. is... Yeah, it's kind of not incomprehensible, but you'd imagine it being quite knackering. But I, I did a job at the start of this year where I was basically continuously shooting for like a whole month. Mm. Uh, I was a producer slash sound man slash yeah. BTS photographer slash whatever else. Um, there's a lot of travel. You know, we, we went to seven different countries. Uh, some of those were stopovers and all this kind of shit. But Was that their bike Thing. No, that is what Andy did oh, with right, uh, yeah. the Turner Twins with Bell yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, this was for Patron Tequila. Okay, so nice. we went there. We One went to the faves, Hacienda. Just saying. Yes, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Patron Silver. Yeah. Actually, Patron Platinum. Yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. tried that? Yes. Oh man, yeah. that is fucking liquid. Yeah. I'm a margarita. I'm a margarita man. You are. That's, that's my. Yeah, that's my tip. All, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. mate, it's Day of the Dead coming up. Yeah. Day nice. of the Mortos. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we might get uh, we might get a few freebies from one of our clients that nice. we work quite regularly for. So if we do, mate, come up and uh, we'll Perfect. make some mugs. Um, but yeah, that was working a whole month basically on on the trot. I mean, do you have any 
any advice for people who may be looking at a job like that currently? How how do you maintain your your energy levels, your creativity, your enthusiasm? You know, all these things suffer through fatigue. Yeah. How do you try and combat that? I mean, I guess again, like um, drawing on other experiences. Like to be honest with you, like I remember I did um, when I was a runner and I was working on this show. Um, yeah, it was, it was called. It was the first one actually after uni. It was called The Last Detective. Mm. I think it was called. And I'm the same height as Peter Davison, six foot one. Yeah. And he, so I was his stand-in. So basically, uh, I literally was on set, and they would light around you to make sure like the scene. Anyway, so I didn't drive at the time, and so I was getting the four thirty train from Wimbledon <sighs> in the morning, and we were shooting over in like Neasden or somewhere, and I wasn't getting back to eleven, and it was six day weeks. So I was like doing these crazy hours, and mm. again just. Like, and I was just like, one, one, th- one time I had to like lie on a mortuary slab because apparently he was like trying to be dead in the scene and it smelled of dead people. It was, oh! it was horrendous. Um, anyway, so you're doing all these things and you remember all these hours that you've done. And I think that's the, again, I, I sort of like, that's my go-to place when I'm like that and I'm tired and you know, stressed. You think all. about the smell no, of dead you, people. Well, but you think, <laughs> no, but you, to be honest, you think, well, at least I'm, you know, I'm holding a camera, I'm directing and I'm yeah, making yeah, something yeah, yeah. that is tangible. I'm not, I, you could be doing all these hours and mm-hmm. you could just be making teas with someone or you could be well, doing something that isn't interesting. You know, you could be, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about another profession, but you could be doing something with no, longer but even hours. Just looking back yeah. in art, you know, yeah, yeah. my personal history as well. I, I was a runner on, in TV, yeah. And sometimes at Sky Sports, they'd go on air at two AM to show the cricket from hmm. or the tennis from Beijing, yeah. So I'd be in a sort of half half midnight. I'd go into work and then work all the way through until eleven o'clock in the morning, and. Yeah, you're just completely fried. You're making cappuccinos for people at 5 a.m. It's just, yeah. Yeah. That's, I kind of cast my mind back to that sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Know. So you just, I think that's the that's the only thing. It's it's obviously hardcore. Um, mm. Obviously, like, if you're away, like eating right, and that sounds really basic and like someone's mum, but like... It's easy to eat badly. Yeah. Eat, it's so eat easy right. to eat yeah. shit when you're away. That's what I make sure. I, like, I take a vitamin tablet. I drink lots of water. I try and eat greens. Try and not get too drunk every night. Mm-hmm. And if you are, like... I've lots of water. Yeah. The basics, but it, it, to be Just honest with you, it is, a, it is about stamina when those points. And, um, you know, I know uh, people you know, who work on films and things, you know, for them, it's like, you know, shooting for two months or three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same. It's like work hard, play hard, enjoy where you are. But at the same time, you've got to look after your body because that's when, you know, I think for me, the only time when um, those jobs become horrible is when you, if you get ill. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're because also you know you're especially when you're directing you're if you're ill when you're away like I had a really bad <laughs> shooting in India last year Ooh. and um, I was really meticulous really careful didn't eat any not because for any other reason than I'd sort of been advised not to don't eat any meat um, just play it safe so I didn't eat any meat we're there like for two weeks and then we shot the like, like prepping and wrecking and whatever um and then we shot the last three days. On the second day, mm. at the end of the sh- second day shoot, a uh, lovely guy br- come and brought me a fresh coconut. And I was like, I love, I love coco- fresh coconut's my favorite things. Straight in, perfect, had this coconut. Always in coconut. And yeah, I, I, but I looked at it and as I finished it, I just realized the straw and I'd saw it in his hands and he'd obviously like touched the straw 
maybe touch the street or whatever or whatever i mean again it could it, to be honest it could have been somewhere else but i was we were so careful but it was a street coconut but it was i think it was a street coconut and anyway so the second day the third day of shooting we started we start and we're shooting this stuff with this guy on a moped weaving through jaipur and i'm shooting at the back so i was self-shooting and uh, all of a sudden my stomach just went and oh, it was horrendous I had to, they took me to hospital I had to have like a drip it was really horrendous. And then, no, sorry, I didn't feel like an email. I still feel really bad. And then, <laughs> that's a lie. I, did, I felt better, but I didn't feel like I was going to uh, embarrass myself physically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were doing stuff like we'd set the shot up, and then I'd go into the aircon of the car, full pelt, and then just before we'd shoot, I'd then just run out and, and keep shoot. Your body temperature uh, down. Yeah, horrendous, horrendous. But, but you have to, um, I don't think there's any many other jobs in the world uh, which, when you're that ill, you don't just go, guys. That's it. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the hotel and sleep and call it off tomorrow because you're shooting, right? And you yeah. got everything laid up, so you can't. You can't. You can't do that. No, you can't. You got to. You got to. Like whatever happens, you have to turn up. Uh, and I guess maybe the good thing with, not the good thing, nothing good to come with COVID, but like with the whole remote shooting thing. Mm-hmm. Like say for example, I don't know. I was shooting. Well, I've got to shoot on Tuesday, Wednesday. Say Monday night, I'm like sweating food poisoning horrendous like now you can like with um, all my shoots recently although I've been there physically with like agency looking at stuff we've been like using a little black magic box turning the camera into a webcam and then just on a zoom call watching playback so worst case scenario now that's probably one good thing now that you could probably remote direct if you were feeling really ill obviously wouldn't be the same but but yeah you maybe could I don't know (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, awesome, okay. man. Um, one thing I want to ask you: mm-hmm. you direct, you DOP, mm-hmm. you, you you're a photographer as well. Yep. Um, do you think it's important to sort of choose one discipline? And these days, do you kind of split all those things equally a little bit? Have you maintained those sort of three things? Because basically, I mean, I'm I'm looking at it from you know my point of view as well. I mm-hmm. I edit. I, I used to direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I photograph I, I, I do a few things I AD produce yeah. do you think it's advisable for people to choose one avenue in terms of a career or stay you know similar to what you've done in terms of maintaining a, a few different creative outlets and have those you know um, as, as kind of things in their own right well I th- for me or do you um, see yourself as one of those things no I mean touch wood yeah I mean I'm definitely only a as by trader director okay um, but I DOP my own work when I need to or right. when I want to. So like documentary stuff, I would DOP. Sometimes more fashiony kind of things, like I would DOP. But I don't DOP. I mean, don't be wrong. If, if I was quiet and someone said, "Do you want to come and shoot something for me?" Yeah, I, yeah. I would of course DOP for other directors. Yeah. But I yeah, I only ever DOP my own work and I only ever take stills of my own work. Um. So I kind of yeah. I to be honest with you, and I lo- I love it. Like I love shooting i love i love editing my own stuff sometimes as well so, so i guess it's, it's more about the knowledge having those skills yeah on some level not necessarily selling yourself as that thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i wouldn't want to um like oops, sorry, that's, that's all right uh yeah no i like yeah i mean like i say for me i'm i'm a, directing is my passion that's mm-hmm. what i want that's what i do like i wouldn't want i think if someone said to me oh you know, um, come and shoot something for me as a mate. Of course I would. If uh, someone said, oh, I really like your shooting style. Can you shoot something for me again? I would. Yeah, I'd love to. But I think I would probably also be slightly frustrated if it was something really cool. I'd be like, shit, man, I wish I was directing this. Um, <laughs> probably. So, uh, so yeah, no. But but having said that, I think if you're, I think as you're coming up, if you're doing anything that just shows that 
you're creative or that you can answer a brief and you can handle a brief and you can mm. handle clients um and you depending- can maybe contribute things that aren't necessarily asked of you yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So just anything that shows that you're uh, uh, that you've got a, a creative spark in you creative, yeah exactly yeah. yeah then i think it's it's a positive thing to be doing i think um something that i get told a lot still and maybe to my slight detriment potentially i don't know but like i like doing lots of different types of films so i'll do sport fashion comedy mm-hmm. like uh yeah i do lots of different things but i think i've always been told you need to specify and just do so for example just do fashion or just do sport or just do comedy but to be honest with you i mean i don't know speak to me in 10 years maybe i will have but like i don't know for me that i love watching like the way the way i sort of equivalent to is like i like watching all sorts of different films so why wouldn't i enjoy making all sorts of of different films but i know for producers and production companies they want to sell you as like you're the comedy guy or you're You're this guy guy. yeah exactly yeah because it's easy you can look on someone's reel and go right you've got three of those things so i think probably although i've been lucky enough to make like be working a lot and probably I work a lot because I do lots of different things. Yeah, I think maybe some people would say specify and just do one and then mm. you'll get further in that field. But yeah. then again, for me, yeah, like don't be wrong, like I want to be, I want to do lots of great things. But at the same time, I love directing. I love working. I love doing different things and, and kind of I like enjoying doing lots of different stuff. So I also would say to people, don't get too caught up on just having to do one thing. I think the thing that, you should always try and do is try and put your own voice into something in commercials that's not always um you know not always possible because it's a client script and the script might be nothing like you but you could at least make it look nice Uh, so i think that's probably my thing that i would say even if i'm doing different types of scripts my thing is always trying to bring a certain level of an aesthetic to it so at least if you know if you employ me as a director whatever the script is it'll look nice our last section Yep. Is any advice you might have? I mean, we've just touched on mm. it briefly. Um, you know, talking about being a well-rounded creative, we talked about the benefits of you know having some uh, some knowledge on different areas of production, coming up through the AD ranks, being a runner, knowing what it's like to work on you know not shit shoots, but mm. horrible hours, not being paid much, yep, or res- or respected, or even <laughs> even looked at like a human. Exactly. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. well it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think in certain points. Um, yeah, what would your advice be? I mean, t- firstly, to any young directors out there, and secondly, to any you know people who are just you know generally creative and are thinking about maybe moving into this industry. Yeah, especially in the current climate as well. This is another factor we need to yeah, no, of, of consider course. as well. Like, yeah, you know, how, how, what's what's going to be the roots for people now? So, my advice, I guess, the probably advice I would give, which obviously I can only give from my perspective. So. I guess I whatever I say would be to maybe a young younger me because that's all I can kind of comment on because yep. and I, and I do really think I know so many people who are doing really great stuff and loads of us have come at it completely different ways yep. and completely different routes but I think the main thing if you want to direct or you want to be creative is just like it sounds stupid and really annoyingly obvious but just make stuff mm-hmm. like you know like when I started out um you know five days and things were just about you could use on tv and it was looking right but like you were shooting on like mini dv cameras which n- never looked 
uh, you know, quality. Yeah. Whereas, like, <laughs> whereas now, like, if you've got a great idea and you're, you know, 15, you know, you get the new iPhone, you know, and you've got, and your dad's got the new iPhone or whatever, you could shoot a little music video or a little comedy sketch on your iPhone, and it, you know, you get, there's UGC stuff on TV, like, you could kind of get away with it. So, I would just say, just get out there, make stuff, shoot things, don't just talk about it, like, just kind of do it. I think the other thing which I sort of said earlier was that. I think if you're a young director or creative or or DOP or whatever, and you're doing lots of little things, is that again, yeah, maybe don't just sit there and kind of think, like, when am I going to get my big break? Because very few people do just get one big break. I think what a lot of people get is like small breaks and a it's series of a series of breaks, and it's you how need to you capitalize on exactly, and yeah. it's how you uh, capitalize on that and turn those series of seven small jobs or medium jobs into that big. job into that big job mm-hmm. and someone goes wow you've done all those things or you or it's a building a connection and you know um sorry and also um the last thing is like the amount of people that just crop up from when you were a runner when you were i don't know like saw someone out one night at a club or whatever and they just come around in the most weird and wonderful places which is <laughs> great because sometimes you walk in somewhere you're like fucking hell <laughs> I remember you from like a house party back in Sunset or like shit yeah we were runners together and we were like outside in the rain for five hours and you know we almost died like but you you can't so I guess it's the other thing it's just like um, yeah but I think ultimately again it's a cliche but be nice and why wouldn't you be nice like like if you're working in this industry just purely for money then and you're intelligent like don't go and be a banker or something like uh, yeah, do it exactly. for love like yeah. do it for love and, and be nice you, you'll be found out I've I've not yeah. met anyone who I've met in this industry that I think is doing it for the money necessarily. Mm. But you know, we're we're quite lucky here at Family where we we work yeah. with people who are quite on a similar vibe. Mm. Our, our creative community is very like minded. I think I could this podcast for an example. You know, yeah, yeah. We, I can invite anyone that we, you know we we've worked with in the past or anyone that we just know. And I know full well that I can sit here and chat for an hour, two hours, like. It's a nice thing. Definitely, but. definitely. Awesome. But but yeah, so I think it's just just a case of like, yeah, if, if I was giving you advice to myself, mm-hmm. I would say shoot things on weekends, uh, work hard, be nice to people, uh, always let people know that you're create, like in as, in as uh, most unannoying way as possible, let people know you're creative and let people know that you've got aspirations of directing or being an art director or being a creative because otherwise you'll never get seen as no. it. And there are, you know, lots of really talented uh, people who aren't working or have never quite made that transition because they've probably just sort of been seen as, oh, you're so and so, you do this or you do that, and you've got to change people's perceptions. It's, it's funny what you, yeah, what you say about people, you know, having an awareness about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. When I was at Sky Sports, I was working in that department in documentaries for five years, six years. I eventually kind of my, my situation changed uh, where I was living I needed money so I went for this job in the rugby department as an AP or you know whatever it was an editorial assistant and I sat down to the interview and they basically said oh this is a bit of a surprise I was like I've been working with you guys for fucking six years what do you mean it's a surprise wow. and I, we, we had no idea that you had ambitions to work in this department I was like okay I guess yeah, I just yeah. thought me being here kind of would outline it but it's interesting what you say because yeah just you know to what, raise the awareness some, someone made a really good analogy um I can't remember who it is but we were talking about it and it's really really basic but I think it's really really true it's like imagine if every day to work you wore I don't know a yellow t-shirt right and every day you see it work oh that's 
yellow t-shirt that's what you are mm. but like you you dream of wearing a different colored t-shirt or you are a different <laughs> yeah, color yeah, t-shirt yeah. and all of a sudden you take off the yellow t-shirt and you're wearing a black t-shirt and it was like, oh look yeah no, you did have that but it's like well how would you know because you've got it underneath of course so how would you know that that was your and that's yeah, it's really yeah. basic maybe it's the wine talking but like it is an analogy <laughs> that i thought well actually that's so true because it's, if you're just going and then go hey guys i'm gonna be lovely and make your coffee that you're not going to go, well, hold on, this guy's also really creative and has got brilliant ideas because how would they know? Now, obviously, mm. on set, there's also nothing more annoying if you're like on set and someone's trying to go to you, by the way, I reckon you should do something like a runner's going to you, oh, yeah, I don't know what your shot, mm, maybe change the lighting. <laughs> not that that's ever happened, but do you know what I mean? Like, know your position. You, it's not, yeah, exactly. But you're not know when realistic, to advertise yourself. Yeah, a realistically bit. on a shoot, as a runner or as a whatever, like, if you're not direct, you're not going to get a chance really to show I've got a great idea. The very rarely oh, would no. you turn around and be like, but I'd be like, shit, I don't know what to do. Guys, anyone? <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't, because if some, you know, I think, so that another great bit of advice, actually something from my dad that he said, that I've always stuck with me, is that it's not necessarily all it was about having the best ideas yourself, yeah. but about recognising the best idea in the room. Okay. And which is really true, because if, you know, you end up with a great film, does it matter if your producer or the camera assistant said, oh, like maybe shoot that from around there or I don't know like what if they did this don't be wrong you've got to have that clear voice and that clear vision yeah. but I think directing is be about is about picking the best ideas and yeah. obviously ideally they'd be yours but if there is an idea from well, someone break it down you're the orchestrator yeah exactly you, yeah, yeah. you have the base uh, concept yeah. But yeah. don't be afraid to let other ideas come in and, and form something that yeah. is, is at the end of the day it is a community even if you're just on set for a couple of days. Yes, yeah, you're yeah. a creative community. You're all working towards the same thing. It's an interesting completely, dynamic. Completely. I, yeah. and, and don't be too, like, yeah, like, be receptive or be receptive yeah. to, to everything and every talent in the room. It's like, yeah. you know, that old classic of, like, don't buy a dog and bark yourself. It's like, <laughs> if you've got a great DOP, listen to them on the lighting. If, of course. You, if you've got a great composer, like, listen to them on the music, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Amazing. Right, thank you so much, Dom. Uh, lastly, do you want to drop any of your uh, your website, your Instagram? Where can people find your work? Um, yes, yeah, so my website is dominicoreardon.com, spelled O-Riordan, but it's O-Riordan. <laughs> uh, yeah, one thing I should talk about, actually, uh, although I've talked loads, is my short film that's on at the moment. So nice. it's doing rounds of the film festivals. You've won oh, a few awesome. awards, which has been really good. Where can people find it? Uh, it's currently I don't know when this is going to go up it's currently on the Exit 6 uh, festival at the okay. moment but yeah we won like the Toronto Alternative Film Festival uh, London Short Film Festival I got Best Director no way yeah but it's been really it's been really great so it's um, two comedians in short yeah. two comedians <laughs> that I work cast on a Bridgestone commercial about eight years ago and we yeah. drove round uh, you don't need to know where I cast them from. So uh, in, sh in short, in short, but, but, but in, just between me and you, yeah. I cast them and we did this really amazing documentary where we basically went around, for, it was for Movember, yeah, we went yeah. around Europe to all these underground moustache clubs. We had a massive- There are underground moustache clubs in Europe? There are underground moustache clubs. Uh, they're like working men's club, but everyone's got moustache. And we, <laughs> we, we stuck a massive moustache on the front of this old camper van yeah. and we drove around Europe for like 12 days. And again, I was like shooting, directing. We cast these two comedians to like front it. And we just really bonded and we've been friends ever since. Um, nice, man. And it was really cool. And then basically I've cast them in a couple of commercials. Uh, Ollie helped me out in a short film I did last year. Well, like a sort of com test commercial I did last year. And they wrote this script, um, which is really great. And yeah, they asked me to direct it. And I did. And I shot it on my birthday. In fact, we shot it like a year ago on the 18th of October. So yeah, we shot it a year ago. Nice, mate. Um, and yeah, again, but that was also really good because over lockdown, we sort of finished it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, my scripted work. 
my script to work tends to be slightly more sort of comedic. Um, and yeah, it was all takes place in a car um, in one location. We managed to shoot on like one of the shortest days of the year. Mm-hmm. It was all ex- exterior, which it was great because that meant everything fucking we had to shoot really quickly. Yeah. But uh, but no, it's doing really well. And again, I was after we've done it and we've we've won quite a few awards and things and gotten to loads of festivals. It's like, why the fuck didn't I do this? two years ago like <laughs> why didn't know you know i've always been saying about making a short and yeah, making things yeah. and doing my own projects but you've finally given the time over lockdown this is to finish kind of it off yeah storm a little bit yeah yeah oh mate, that sounds great but I'll yeah so no, yes yeah, so I'll, I'll send you a link but awesome. yeah so that uh i don't know when i yeah it's on various festivals but cool that's probably hopefully a good uh f- step in for me because i almost had a series for bbc3 like i got well, it was in talks for a series of bb3 at the start of lockdown to do a pilot comedy pilot and then obviously after lockdown, that like completely sure. went. So that's where I want to go in the next year or so to do a bit more long form scripted. Fantastic. As well as commercials and ads and, you know, all that. Love it, man. The bits. Okay. Well, yeah, mate. Well, hopefully get you on in another few months. We can have another little chat uh, about some of your, you know, the things you've been working on coming out of lockdown. You know, things are warming up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be very busy. We'll try and pinch you for an hour. I'll get another yeah, bottle of, course, of wine. Mate. Love and, it. Yeah, this, uh, this wine's actually very nice. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Which one is it? <laughs> Uh, I definitely cycle back quicker anyway. It's good. <laughs> Cathilero Diablo. Nice. Uh, the Cavernier Sauvignon. Uh, one of the proud sponsors of Family and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, mate, Dom, thank you so Cheers, much for pal. coming down. Uh, it's been great talking to you. And My we'll, pleasure. We'll see you soon, boss. Cheers, man. Nice one. That is all we have time for this week on the podcast, guys. But please subscribe to ensure you catch all of our future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at family and friends. That's F-M-L-Y and friends, all one word. For news on our new community hub. And please also check out our main page at family creative. That's on Instagram or our main website, family creative.com. We'll catch you next time.